What is up, you guys? Happy Monday. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a special guest. Her name is Hannah Newman, and she is a functional medicine practitioner and health consultant. And she is going to be talking to us about menopause. And before you click away thinking this has nothing to do with me or where I am in my life right now, do not leave this podcast because this is a lot of good stuff that I didn't even know I needed to be aware of now at 27 years old. And she teaches us a lot of things about what menopause is and what to expect, um, especially with changes in our bodies and our hormones, but also how to prepare for it and to set yourself up for success before hitting that life change. And I know some of you are like, I haven't even had kids yet. We're already talking about menopause. You guys, it is just so important to know about your body and what it is going to go through. Or maybe if you've already gone through this, maybe what it has gone through and this can help you as well. We need to be the biggest advocates of our health and to know and educate ourselves so we can be the most prepared and we're not shocked and lost when we're going through these crazy life changes. So stick around. It is a really good episode. I learn a lot. And before we jump in, I just want to say if you are not part of my Facebook empowerment community, you are going to want to join because for the month of February, we are going we are going to be doing a morning routine challenge. And I did a poll in this in this Facebook empowerment group seeing, you know, what you guys wanted to do. And most people voted for the morning routine challenge. And I truly believe that having a good morning routine can really set yourself up for success for the rest of the day, whether it's, you know, your mood, your nutrition, your fitness, your mental health. All that stuff starts with a good morning routine. So if you want some help and accountability and guidance... <laughs> That's, that's my baby in the background. He's saying hi. He's saying go join the free Facebook empowerment community. I will link it in the show notes and I hope to see you guys over there. Hey you guys, welcome to the Empowered Podcast hosted by your girl, Miranda Lee. I hope you're ready to get confident, throw away the all or nothing mindset, fully surrender to God and strive to be 1% better every day. Don't forget, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Alrighty, let's get this party started. Hey, Hannah, so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining. Hey, Miranda, I am super excited to be here and chat with you today. So we're going to talk about a topic that I have not talked about at all on this podcast, and it is menopause. Um, I'm really excited to pick your brain about that. And if you are listening and you're like, mm, I'm, I'm kind of too young for this talk, don't <laughs> leave because Hannah's got some good info for us um, that it's you know never too early to learn about yourself and to, um, just be educated for the warning signs and what to do when that happens because... I've seen your TikToks, Hannah, and I know when you start going through menopause, it can be harder to lose the weight. And you're going to talk about why um, a little later in this episode. But before we dig into all of that, can you give our audience an introduction of who you are and what you do? Yeah, 
definitely. Um, I'm Hannah. I'm a board licensed PA here in Florida. And within the past year, I started my own practice. So it's called Healthy with Hannah. And we primarily help women kind of understand themselves. And I like to say we help guide you, help empower you with education through each stage of your life. So clients from birth control to getting off birth control to you know, trying to get pregnant, premenopause, menopause, and just providing resources, guidance, and even testing and actual treatment plans um, to our clients. So yeah, that's, that's my current passion project, my company, and yeah, what I'm focused on right now. That's so awesome. How many of your clients come to you with issues about, I guess, about menopause and just the hormones all around that? It's a high percentage. So I would say about 80% of my clients are premenopause or menopausal, and they are absolutely stuck. (laughs) That's the right (laughs) word. They're in these symptoms. They're, you know, you mentioned weight. They're really having trouble moving forward. And unfortunately, a lot of the times they're not getting um, certain guidance or certain tips from, you know, whoever's treating them or whoever's giving them advice. So uh, most of my clients are in that age range where they're just looking for someone to help explain what is going on with me. What are all these changes I'm going through? So in, in layman's terms, I guess, what is menopause for those who like, they just kind of assume they like oh, menopause is when I can stop getting pregnant when the hot flashes happen. Like what is menopause? Yes. Great question. So by the book, menopause is 12 months after you stop having a period. So 12 months without a menstrual cycle at all. Um, it can also be diagnosed based on certain hormone levels, like a FSH level. Um, if that is within the range or this, and this is very common too, after some women have their ovaries removed or their uterus removed that can cause a premature menopausal state where you're experiencing a lot of the same things that you would in the natural um, phase of the hormones declining. So that's what menopause is. So basically when you stop having your menstrual cycles and what's really happening is your main hormones that most people know about your estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone are changing big time and they are decreasing. So testosterone slowly starts declining. Even when we're in our twenties, it starts declining. And then later it comes progesterone and estrogen coming down and down and down because our ovaries do make them when we're young and when we're um, in our reproductive years. But as we get older, our body says we don't need those as much from our ovaries. So they're coming from different places. They come a little bit from our adrenal glands, which are on top of our kidneys, but they can also come from um, fat cells in our tissues. So that's something, you know, we can go into further, but that's where the weight kind of comes in and why it's so closely tied to hormonal issues. Yeah, if I remember correctly from from your video, you were you were talking about how um, your body wants to hold on to the fat because your fat produces estrogen. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a hard cycle to break. <clears throat> so, estrogen is very productive protective to us. It's good for our bones, our brains, our heart health. It has many important functions for us. So 
it's a theory, you know, it's thought that our bodies want to hold on to what estrogen we have left. And as I mentioned in menopause, the estrogen is very minimal compared to what it was. So since fat cells can produce estrogen, your body is saying, okay, we might want this to stick around for the protective effects, even if it's not as much as it was before. So that's one reason that weight can be really linked up. Another reason is just that our bodies really change in their receptiveness to carbohydrates. And you just become, most women, super sensitive to carbs at this stage because the differences in your hormones. And estrogen is also really linked to insulin. So blood sugar, things like prediabetes and insulin works with estrogen actually. And this is something that's being studied more and more. But basically your body's telling you, we need to look at carbs a little differently now. We're a little more sensitive to them. And what I see a lot actually is women coming to me and they're saying, I have not changed a thing. You know, I'm working out the same as I always have. I'm eating the same thing as I always did. And I can't get this weight off or, you know, even it keeps coming. And it's because those hormones and how they're responding change. So it's something biologically happening with many women where it's, you know, I really try to say like you, you don't have to be a victim of it, but it is a lot having to do with what's just going on inside of you. So is there like, is there like a way, I don't want to say to to fix it, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's, there are changes you can have in your diet and, you know, with your gut health and stuff that, I don't know, will maybe help your body produce more estrogen from not fat cells. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to like ask this question. I don't know how to properly yes. ask it. Like, yes. should, should things change? Like I'm assuming you know, maybe your normal carb level would, would be lower. Like what are other changes that, that you should make if, you know, you're like, I'm doing the same thing. I'm eating as healthy. I'm working out. Well then what needs to change? How should we change? Yes. So what you eat is more important now than ever. If you're one of the women who are struggling with weight gain or holding on to weight in menopause. So focusing on the things that a lot of people know, but sometimes they need to hear, you know, a couple of times. So eating food that comes from the earth that God made, did God make it or did a human make it? That's how you kind of determine, is this process junk or is this something that's actually going to fuel my body? So the more you can get your nutrition from real whole foods, vegetables, 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 they continue to support your hormone levels, your anti-cancer fighting properties Um, and carbs, you know, fruits and vegetables are carbs. So our view on carbs has been a little shifted just with the media and growing up, you know, I always thought a carb, it was just bread, but that's not true, you know, and to think of carbs the right way is important, not the refined white bunny bread, white rice, um, things like that, like processed oats and things like that. So really taking nutrition as this incredibly valuable tool to help push things in your favor can really help sway the symptoms. But even that being said, many women, you know, swear that they eat really, really well. And I absolutely believe them. And in that case, when you're in this position, something powerful you can do is fasting actually. And if fasting, even if it hasn't worked for you historically, when you're now in this new hormonal state, it can be extremely powerful. So intermittent fasting, you familiar there? Yes, very, very familiar with intermittent fasting. And before you take that next step, 
I have heard that it intermittent fasting typically isn't as beneficial for women as it is for men, correct? Well, it all depends on what we're talking about. So fasting in general has incredible properties of healing and anti-aging. It helps clear all the junk that's going on in your body from your digestion to your inflammation to your oxidation. But when we're talking about hormones, it really helps reset your metabolism and back to those carbs I was talking about, help your body process foods in the right way. But yeah, for men often, especially with the anti-aging, clearing the junk components, fasting can be really good for them. And for some reason, it seems to be easier for them to do. Yeah. It's weight loss in general is just easier for men all around. (laughs) It's not fair. So um, what are the different, I guess, phases um, of menopause I would assume it's like your pre-menopausal like then there's menopause and then post-menopausal are those the three phases how long does each one last and is this um like like is menopause itself a forever thing or do you get out of it and then things are better than when you were in it so like what is it (laughs) yeah so Menopause is actually, you know, just a day, technically. It's when you stop having those periods after a year. And then after that, you're postmenopausal. So it's really the premenopausal group, you hit menopause, and then you're postmenopausal. So let's focus on the premenopausal group. This is, you know, women typically 35 and under, but that is a big range. Um, that is definitely a big range and everyone's different. And something, if you're not sure when you're going to hit menopause, ask your mom or ask your grandma, because it really um, seems to carry with, you know, your genetics, excuse me, as to when you're going to hit menopause. So premenopausal, you have kids or you didn't have kids in your reproductive years. And then things, there are signs you can watch for. So a sign that I actually see, frequently is anxiety. And it can be anxiety coming up out of the blue, even if you didn't change your routine or your work or anything like that. It's really those mood swings. A lot of women say they're just like more angry or more anxious. And that is a sign that the hormones are up to something because with progesterone, especially a sign of low progesterone can be anxiety. So it's kind of a sign your hormones are slowly trickling down. Um, A more obvious sign is your cycles start to become more irregular. Maybe they're spaced out a little bit. Some women can have a cycle once every three months or every five months to start before it goes for the whole 12 months. And then, um, yeah, like we mentioned, you hit menopause, which is just the day. And then after that, no more periods. And you go through the typical signs you think of. So the hot flashes the mood swings, um, a lot of sexual changes. Unfortunately, women have dryness. They just lose sex drive often. And um, yeah, it can be a really tough time. And that's obviously a sensitive subject for many people. And they don't necessarily want to talk to their doctor about it, but they want to talk to someone, right? Is this normal? What can I do? Do I have to take a prescription? Is there, you know, something natural I can do? So that's kind of where I tend to be the most beneficial, I would say, for my clients is to explain 
this is what's happening in you. You're not crazy. You're not alone. And we can absolutely do things to support you through really managing your sleep, your nutrition, your exercising, your stress management, so that these hormones are more closely aligned to be balanced. Um, And some women do need or want what's called hormone replacement therapy, which is what it sounds like, replacing those hormones back to levels where they're having less symptoms and feeling better. So what would you say like your top tips are then um, like that maybe you give your clients to, you know, help with these crazy hormone levels to get them back, you know, make sure you're getting enough sleep and, you know, prioritizing your nutrition and your exercise. What would be the top tips do you think someone can take away? Top tips would be try intermittent fasting. So try a 13 if you can. 13 to 15 hours is what I typically recommend as long as you feel good doing it. You know, if you're having blood sugar issues, like, please don't, (laughs) please, please only do it if you feel good. But yes, for most of my clients, I always recommend intermittent fasting. I recommend we re- Um, take a new look at your carbohydrates and all of your macronutrients, actually, you know, you have proteins, healthy fats and carbs, and the ratios are incredibly important, making sure you have, because these are the building blocks of, you know, everything we need to eat and to make things like hormones. So if we're really lacking or some people just don't eat enough, actually, that's a really common thing I see is low calories. And they're trying to lose weight, right? Like it makes sense historically, but that's, it's definitely shifting how to look at that and actually increasing calories, making them the right calories can be more beneficial. So the fasting, the looking at nutrition, and then just really maxing out, um, stress reduction, which is something that's easy enough to say, but In my practice, we quantify this. So I make sure with my clients, I'm actually measuring not just their stress level, but the effects of it on a test and going through it with them. So you can see this is what the stress is doing to you. And that's a newer thing that we're now able to see. And that can be really powerful because, you know, in our society, things are stressful for many people. It's just a go, 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 get as many things as you can get done. And it's it's definitely catching up with people and with the clients I see. And cortisol is essential to live and our sex hormones are not. So our body's always going to prefer that stress, that cortisol, and make sure it's supported. And it's often at the expense of the sex hormones. So that's why I'm really make sure to manage that stress. So what does that mean? Um, it's been researched pretty well that even as little as 10 minutes a day can help manage the cortisol level in as little as eight weeks. So doing something that you like, that you find enjoyable, you know, go for a walk, lay down, pet your dog, just something that relaxes you um, 10 minutes a day can be really powerful. And like a lot of people think like the only way to relax is like to meditate or, you know, something or do yoga. But I love that you say just going for a walk, petting your dog, you know, laying down and probably not being on your phone 24 (laughs) 7 those things can can really help you don't just have to meditate and that's cool just you know 10 minutes a day I think that's that's pretty reasonable we all can do that 
Yeah. And that's a good point. Yeah. I always say like, you don't have to go be a monk in a temple and be a master of meditation because meditation is hard, but even just taking five minutes twice a day and doing deep breathing, a hundred percent will help you. So I love that one. That's awesome. How should our, um, our exercise and, you know, our, our physical movement, how should that change? Um, once again, I saw on your TikTok um, the importance of strength training when when you're older. So is strength training really important during, um, you know, during menopause and postmenopause as well? Strength training is the most important exercise anyone can do. You know, I won't say at any age, I don't want teenagers to go lifting weights, but after 20s, <clears throat> I think everyone should be doing strength training. And what I mean by that is lifting some weights. If that's at home, if that's at the gym, wherever you're comfortable, lift weights or walk with weights three to four times a week. And the reason that's so important is because a few reasons, but aging. So one of the biggest signs of aging is sarcopenia, which is loss of muscle mass. And when you're at that loss of muscle mass, you're more at risk for falling. You're more at risk for <clears throat> a hip fracture. And you think of that with, you know, older people um, in their 70s and 80s, but it's all about keeping people healthy. Or at least that's how I practice, you know, prevention. And in addition to that anti-aging, it's also about um, hormone balance. So with my estrogen dominant clients, like a PCOS issue or people having trouble with sex drive, like maybe your sex drive is very low or things like that, that's a that can be a testosterone issue. And weight training helps balance all of that. And it's not something you have to take, not a pill you have to take, not a cream you have to take. And um, yeah, I think it's just powerful to know how much of an impact the lifestyle things can have on you. Because I always say like supplements are supplements. They're there to supplement your activity, your nutrition. And if you take the supplements, but you're not making those changes on a daily basis, it's going to be really, I mean, I don't even know if you can fix the problem, right? It's putting a bandaid on the issue. Yeah. I like to say that supplements are like jewelry. If you're getting all, you know, ready to go out and you're like in sweats and sweatpants and your hair's <laughs> done and you, you put in some diamond earrings, like, I'm sorry, you're, you're not ready to go out, but, <laughs> like, but you can still go out with your hair done and, you know, your, your little black dress and no jewelry and still, still be good. But some of the jewelry just, you know, that little bit that helps, you know, can, can pull it all together, but it's not magical. It's not going to do it all by itself. So yeah, supplements, um, Supplements, I do not think should be the the first thing you you grab for. I know a lot of people are like, you know, I want to lose weight or I want to build muscle and they go to GNC or the vitamin shop and that's where they start when that should kind of be, you know, the last thing. Unless, you know, a doctor's like, hey, like your iron levels are really low or I think everyone should be taking a multivitamin for sure. But, you know, supplement shouldn't be the answer to everything. So I love that you're saying, you know, just the importance of nutrition and fitness really influence your hormone levels as well. Yes. And I think I, I love that analogy, by the way. I'm always going to think about that now. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, unfortunately, there is not a magic pill, right? or someone would be very, very rich. But even with weight loss, there are things that can help your appetite. But is that even really what we're trying to do there? You know, we're not trying to cut calories. We're not trying to eat as little as possible. You want to feed your body the right way. Um, 
But yeah, I think what you said with the lifestyle, that can be empowering. Once you, you know, get over, okay, this is going to be a little bit of work to turn things around. It is empowering because you know that's in your control. And I think that's really exciting to go through and like hit that point with clients where they're like, okay, I can do this. I'm not at the, you know, expense or fate of my genetics with everything. Yeah, because genetics play such a huge role in in everything hormones. Like even what you were saying, like look at your mom or your grandma for when you're going to be premenopausal, like when you're going to go through that life transition. Um, are there, I guess, any other like signs or symptoms outside of anxiety or, you know, maybe just something else to look at for when you're going to start going through that life change, like maybe you should start expecting it. You said, did you say 35? Is that what you said? Yeah. For many women, it's like 38 to 43, a little before your forties, a little after your forties is when you can expect um, to go through those big hormonal changes and you're going to feel it. You know, most women really feel these symptoms and it's a big change for them to not have the support of that estrogen. And I mentioned anxiety, I mentioned mood swings, and that's because, you know, like I mentioned, estrogen has such a big role with our brain health, and a lot of women complain about um, mental fog. They just can't focus the way they used to, and that can be really frustrating to feel like you're losing a little bit of that edge or that um, brain performance. So I like to check these levels as well. You can check like a pregnenolone level that is um, linked to memory and then your thyroid plays another big role there. So signs in general, people know the obvious, but usually the obvious hit when it's a little bit later, like the hot flashes and stuff, that's usually after 45. But I would say be intuitive you know yourself, you're the expert in yourself. If you're starting to feel, even if you're 35 and you're starting to feel like something's a little bit off here, whether it's your mood, something with your sex drive or your um, cognition, listen to yourself and find a provider that's going to hear you out there and not one that says, you're normal, it'll be fine, which is true to an extent, but it's better to have someone who's open and, you know, let's check your levels. I hear what you're saying. You're feeling off. Let's check your levels. Let's see what we can do with lifestyle support to help you feel like yourself again. Is there something we can do, I guess, to be preventative for this inevitable life change? Um, I'm assuming really try to educate yourself as much as you can on um, the importance of nutrition when it comes to your hormones so you can you know, make that shift a little easier. What what can we do to kind of ready ourselves to make the transition a little more smooth? Mm. I think what you said is really good. Start focusing on yourself. Focus on your self care. Focus on that stress. Like I mentioned, get your sleep down. Sleep is probably the most important thing. It's tied up there with nutrition, if not even more important. Because if you're not sleeping, you're not. You're not doing anything with your health. So get your self-care in a really good routine where you feel good about it. And then on top of that, I would say 
have your levels checked. So I use um, the Dutch test, which is a really easy at home test. And it's something if I had my, you know, ideal world, I would test women at 25, 35 and 45. So you can actually see, okay, you are trending down a little bit. You're not totally there yet, but you can expect, you know, some changes within the next three years. And I think that's a powerful tool to use in combination with how the person's actually feeling. Yeah, that that's great. I think it, it's so important to um to have your levels to be able com- to compare as as the years go on. So um I know that I recently asked my doctor to I was like, hey, can you take my hormone levels? And then he was like, Well, what do you want to check? <laughs> um my <laughs> like, what do we ask our doctor if we want to, you know, you know, I'm, I'm almost 27. So what would I ask my doctor right now, if I wanted to create that baseline? I mean, I, I'm assuming estrogen, testosterone and progesterone, like, <laughs> what, what would I ask the doctor? Yes. I mean, it depends what kind of doctor you're talking to. Um, Practicing, you know, functionally or holistically is still much of a newer field than practicing conventionally. And a lot of the providers, and by the way, I like to do both. I'm not a hater on either side. I think both have really important um, concepts and things they bring to the table. But many conventional providers don't like to talk about hormones at all. And is it training? Is it you know, like you mentioned, well, what do you want to do? Maybe they don't have that training in actual hormone replacement therapy if something was wrong. So a lot of them are hesitant around that. So it's finding someone who can really support you with what you want to do. You know, it's your health. You don't have to always be taking advice from someone else, or at least you can be part of that conversation, right? That's what I try to do. But okay, so actual hormones, that you can ask to be checked, definitely estrogen. And what is really cool and important is if you can get a test like the Dutch test where it shows your estrogen metabolites because that helps us see your risk for estrogen dominant cancers. So that's why I love using that. And then um, it of course shows progesterone, DHEA, testosterone. It shows your cortisol trend. So that stress trend comes into play as well. Um, Your melatonin levels. And then the Dutch test does organic acids as well. But those are the hormones I would start with. So estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, those are your sex hormones. And if you're in your 20s, you can get by with that. Once you hit your 40s, that's when I would get a more comprehensive, the three I mentioned, plus your DHEA, your pregnenolone, and always just monitoring um, your blood sugar values, like you mentioned, insulin, A1C, because they go so hand in hand. Awesome. Okay. That's good to know. Now I know what to ask next time I see my doctor, because like you said, a lot of them, um, I feel like it's either they're one side or the other. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's why it's so important to educate yourself and advocate for yourself because like I am a military spouse. So my access to healthcare is, you know, military providers and that's not really the ho- holistic approach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Awesome. laughs> That's why I make sure to try to advocate for myself because I, like I talked about in another podcast episode, um, when I was pregnant and they were giving me my prenatals, they were giving me like the prenatals that had like pink dye or red dye in there. So it was pink. Mm-hmm. My pills were pink. And I'm just like, Ugh, like 
uh, just makes me makes me cringe. And we would just assume that, oh, if a doctor is prescribing this medication, it it must be safe. It must be perfectly fine for me. But that's why it's so important to educate yourself. And, you know, I had to make the decision to pay out of pocket to buy high, higher quality prenatals instead of, you know, taking the prenatals that the doctor prescribed me that had all these all these man-made things in there that are that are probably no-nos. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough, but I applaud you on doing just that, being an advocate for yourself and making sure and that's really the power of social media and podcasts, right? Before I started this, I was like, no way will people be looking for health stuff. Like they'll just go talk to their doctor. But oh my gosh, like that is where people go. They want to find out for themselves. Okay, maybe they were written a prescription. They're going to check on it now. And that's a trend, like a new shift I've seen, which I like because people are a lot more empowered and involved in their care. It's not just me telling you, this is what we're going to do and you better do it or bad things will happen. You know, you got to include the person and then the outcomes will be better too. Yes, so true. And that's why it's so important for me to talk to people like you so we can educate everyone on you know topics that we we aren't we aren't the best at because we're not going to be um experts in every single field but we learn something new and you know kind of know the basics i think it's safe to say i somewhat know the basics of menopause now um, <laughs> would have asked me that 35 minutes ago the answer would have been yes but i was wrong because now looking back <laughs> at what i knew I didn't know menopause was just one day. I I didn't know that at all. So I, I learned a lot. So where can people reach out and connect with you? You know, watch your TikToks, um, follow you on Instagram. What are your links and handles for that? Yeah, uh, healthy, which is healthy with an I with Hannah. And that's my handle on everything. So you can find me on TikTok. Feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram. I'd love to chat with you. And then on my website, I have a cool thing where you can create your own health package. So that's where I put you in the driver's seat. And I say, okay, tell me what we're interested in. And then from there, I'll, of course, give my expertise and people like that approach. So yeah, if you're interested, check that out, send me a message and I'd be happy to chat. Perfect. I'll put all those links in the show notes so everyone can reach out and connect with you. But thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on and for teaching us all about menopause. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Miranda. This was so much fun. All right, you guys, that is it for today's episode. And just a little reminder, I know Hannah did talk about intermittent fasting. And while that can be um, beneficial for your health beyond just weight loss, I do not recommend intermittent fasting if you do not have a healthy relationship with food. And if it is something you decide that you do want to pursue to help with going through menopause or postmenopause, please work with someone like Hannah so you can make sure you are doing it correctly and that you're getting the help and the guidance and that your mental health is coming first. Ty agrees with me. All right, you guys, that is it for today. I will catch you in the next episode and make sure to like this podcast, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and post about it on your Instagram. Bye.